The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Code of conduct. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is the Code of Conduct Podcast. I am your host, Jay Spence the King, and I am back for the first time on season two of the Code of Conduct. First of all, that's so dope to say. Y'all understand? Y'all been riding with me for a full NFL offseason, NFL season, and NFL postseason. That in itself is amazing. And I want to start the show off by saying thank you so much. To everybody for riding with me in my first season of the Code of Conduct podcast. I'm looking forward to what's coming up next. This next season is going to be just as exciting as the last. Uh, all this great content that's going to come your way. A lot of good football that hopefully will come our way by way of our Buffalo Bills. I am truly excited for what we got coming up. Listen, y'all. The king. The champ. The champ is here. <laughs> the champ said, I want my belt back. Yep. The champ said, I want my belt back. He got tired of everybody already passing the torch to Patrick Mahomes. Tom Brady said, you know, forget what y'all heard and forget all this stuff y'all talking. I am Tom Brady. I have made it to the Super Bowl half the amount of years that I've played. And y'all going to put some respect on my name. And the champ. Got his belt back. I know we don't normally look at these things like like heavyweight boxing matches, but man, the way they the way they uh you know they advertise these things, and obviously it's the Super Bowl, so you want to take the two best or I don't want to say best, but two biggest known players. Uh, and you got Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, and you know oh they're going head to head the young the young versus the old, the future versus the past. They want to make all these comparisons. And Tom Brady's looking at this thing like, hey, man, I'm Mayweather out here, even though he's been defeated. But that that's the that's the the mindset of it. It's like, hey, I'm out here and I'm the champ. I'm the guy that has more Super Bowls than anybody else. The champ said, I want my belt back and I'm here for it. And I'm going to tell you what, I have to admit something. It's a whole lot easier for me to appreciate Tom Brady and for me to like Tom Brady now that he is not in New England. I don't know how many people can or would be honest about that. Um, I know a lot of my friends and a lot of the content creators in Buffalo uh, won't quite admit that. 
But for me, I think, you know, it's a treat to be able to to now be able to sit back and watch Tom Brady and not have the emotional attachment of um, the disappointment of him playing against my team twice a year. Um, so, like, for instance, a lot of my friends, um, you know, my, like I, I think I've mentioned previously on the show that my grandmother is from Boston. So when we have those when the Patriots used to come to Buffalo and, you know, she would always call me and talk mess. And this season she called me and talk mess. And I, you know, I gave her something back. You know, I said some fun stuff to her. But the point that I'm making is I have a lot of friends and family in Boston or in that New England area or region. And a lot of my friends growing up, I'm a I'm a Los Angeles Lakers fan. So a lot of them would not give Kobe Bryant his just, you know, they just would not admit that he was really at certain times of his career, the best player in the league. They wouldn't admit that he was as great as he was. And now that he's passed away and he's no longer with us, a lot of them, you know, are like, man, I regret that I didn't have the opportunity to really take the time and like appreciate him when he was playing and for who he was. I am happy that Bills fans, as whether it be, and I know he's coming back. So we have at least two years of that. And I know a lot of us still have the hate of Tom Brady from when he was in New England, and that's okay. That's okay. You know, but I, I'm grateful for the fact that I get a chance to watch him in action and, and to, you know, not, again, not have that emotional attachment of the team, you know, of my team being beat. Um, another thing that I uh, want to talk about briefly before I bring in my guest. So, so the Super Bowl, um, I have two takeaways after watching the Super Bowl. And the first one is the Buffalo Bills absolutely 100% need a dynamic pass rusher. This is not a slight. This is not a diss. This is not saying anything negative about the way our offensive line is currently structured. I'm not saying anything negatively about our guy, Jerry Hughes. I think Jerry has played above average for the Buffalo Bills for the better part of the entire time that he's been here. So I love Jerry. And I think Jerry still needs to be a part of this team's uh, plans for the future. But I think we need somebody else on top of that. We need somebody dynamic who is good at getting to the quarterback. We need somebody who can you know, who can draw double teams in such a way that frees up Jerry to do the things that he's good at. We need somebody there to to help draw attention away from Ed Oliver because, believe it or not, that guy is a beast. I know sometimes it might not seem like it because statistics might not show up the way that, you know, us as Bills fans would want to be uh, spoiled to as far as having statistics from a defensive lineman. But make no mistake, Ed Oliver is balling, and, and he's doing a very good job. He's eating up double teams in a position that really he's not supposed to play. It's not his, it's not his position to, to play that tackle position the same way that he's been playing it. It's actually very reminiscent of how they played him in Houston. He was out of position, but he still played very well, and that's what he's been doing for the Buffalo Bills. So at some point, I need I need the defensive line to, you know, hopefully with Starr coming back, we can move Ed back to a, a his more natural role. We can get another pass rusher. Now, again, I'm not saying anything about Trent. I'm not saying anything about, you know, Epinesa. You know, I love the guys who are on our team, but we do have to get stronger. We just got we just got our. I'm trying to, to start this. I'm trying to be better, so I'm trying not to cuss. So y'all bear with me. We got our behinds kicked by the Chiefs two weeks ago, like handed to us. And we were beat 
with a very good game plan. The issue was that our personnel just could not match up well against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, that same game plan, when you look at what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did, it's the same exact game plan that Leslie Frazier went into the game and went into the AFC championship with. The difference is you got white. You got, you know, you got these dynamic guys who can put pressure on Patrick Mahomes in such a way that it it actually really disrupted the pass. It actually disrupted the play. And I know PFF grades and says that Jerry Hughes gets to the quarterback a lot and they, they grade him pretty high there. But to me, breaking up a pass attempt or, or me getting pressure on the quarterback actually means disrupting the play. I don't consider a good pass rush. And, and I do understand that some quarterbacks are way more dynamic and way more awesome. So they're able to make a pass out of a sack and it's a completion. So it's like, man, he got pressure. I get it. That's not every play. But we're not even, for the most part of the season, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't feel like we've played necessarily dynamic quarterbacks with the exception of maybe Russell Wilson. And in the playoffs, we played, you know, the Ravens and and Lamar Jackson is able to make some of those throws at times as well. But for the most part this year, Kyler Murray, you know, we so we played we played a couple guys who who have that attribute of being able to scramble and get out of the escapability but if you really look at and and I might be wrong I got to go back and look but if you look at the entirety of the season I I just don't think I don't think Cam was the same Cam we played him twice Um, Sam Darnold is not that guy the first game against Miami we played Fitz decent game against us he played pretty well but then going against Tua he was not he's not the guy we're going to see in two years so you got six games right there. And again, this is not discounting the team. The point that I'm making is that we didn't play against dynamic running quarterbacks that would make us, you know, have difficulty if we actually get pressure. We didn't get the numbers that we expected out of the leagues, one of the league's highest paid defensive lines. We just didn't. So that's my first takeaway. Secondly, it's the same one that I've been saying for at this point, probably seven or eight weeks now that everybody was yelling at me, telling me we don't need. Granted, the game was a blowout. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to put the game away because they were able to run the clock out. Once they got up and they're like, "Okay, this thing is over. They turned around and they handed the ball off to their running backs and they kept moving the chains and they were eating up the clock. So, yes, they had a great game plan. I'm not taking anything away from their defense. They played very well on defense. They stopped Patrick Mahomes more times than not. They had a very good game plan. But if you think Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs aren't better than nine points, you're mistaken. So what the run game did was it, it, it limited the opportunities that Patrick Mahomes had to, to get it right. Yeah, it was a blowout. It was a blowout. But I'm telling you, you give you give quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, you give those guys too many opportunities to fix it, and they're going to fix it. So the running game is important for that purpose and the purpose of what happened when we lost. If Josh Allen is not having his best game, 
although he still had a heck of a game. Josh Allen was by far the best player on the Buffalo Bills team in the AFC Championship. So, you know, take that how you want it. But when Josh isn't having his best day and when Josh isn't playing lights out to where he's going to win the game for us because he's being so dynamic, you have to be able to run that ball. You're going to have games where you want to keep the ball away from the other teams. Yeah, we're going to have teams now because Josh is Josh. And we have Steph and we have John Brown and Beasley and Gabriel Davis. So we're going to have times where we're just blowing teams out. We're scoring at will. And it doesn't matter if they have the ball. But you're going to have games where it absolutely matters and you're going to want to play keep away. You're going to want to do what the Giants did to the Bills in the first Super Bowl. Yeah, you're going to want to keep the ball away. And the Chiefs, just like the Bills are going to be back, the Chiefs are going to be back. Patrick Mahomes has signed a contract that keeps him in Kansas City for a decade. Tyreek Hill is not going anywhere. He's pretty young. Sammy Watkins, we'll see if he's healthy enough to to really have a a long career there. But if he is healthy enough to, to maintain it and stay healthy, listen, it would be in his best interest for his career, not only for Super Bowls, but for statistics. Guys want to guys want to make the Hall of Fame. Now, do we look at Sammy Watkins as a potential Hall of Famer in the future? No, absolutely not. But you know what would make him in consideration for that? Consistent thousand yard seasons, good touchdowns, like a eight, nine touchdowns every year and winning Super Bowls. That'll put him in consideration. Calvin Johnson just got voted into the Hall of Fame or selected to be in the Hall of Fame. And he led the league in receiving yards twice. I, I know we, we is Calvin Johnson. I'm going to get in trouble for having this debate. I'll move on. But my point is Sammy Watkins could very well have a career that would be worthy of the hall of fame. If he stuck with Patrick Mahomes, Shannon Sharp made a very, very good point that Travis Kelsey's statistics are going to remain to go through the roof because Travis Kelsey is the number one or number two target for Patrick Mahomes. Shannon Sharp said playing eight seasons with John L where you can't get no better than that as a tight end. Sammy Watkins could very well turn his career into a hall of fame caliber career. If he sticks with Patrick Mahomes, same thing can be said. If, if Josh stays on the trajectory that he's on, if he, if he continues to, to grow on the path that he's growing on, He and Stefan Diggs can definitely put together a Hall of Fame tandem. Now, a couple championships would be nice there, but obviously Jim Kelly and Andre Reid was able to do it without a Super Bowl. They went to four, but they never won. We got that with Josh. We got that with Steph. So Sammy Watkins could absolutely do that. I'm I'm not predicting that he will, but Sammy could. We got to get that running game because those guys will be back and we're going to want to have to play or we're not going to want to have to. We're going to have to play keep away from that team. Now, maybe we do improve our defense to the point where our defense just looks like we got it going on. And hey, if we got it going on, I'm all with it. I am all with it. But that's just not 
that's just not what that's not what we saw two weeks ago. It's just not what we saw. But hey, I have one of my one of my best friends in this industry, in this uh, community, not industry, in this community, the Buffalo Bills content creator community. Um, I have my man Sterling from the Hoof Pod over there at Cover One. Sterling and I, you know, we kind of blossomed our friendship and brotherhood through Buffalo Fanatics as we both kind of, I don't think Sterling started there, but we both kind of took off with Buffalo Fanatics and and made some things happen. And we both started to grow our, our platforms a little bit differently. And, and I tell you, I always have probably the most fun when I have him or Joe on. So I'm going to enjoy this thoroughly. All you guys, ladies, please, please leave me some comments and some feedback on whatever platform you're listening to this on. Uh, find me on Twitter. Hit me with some feedback. Let me know what you what you like about the show. Let me know what you don't like. If you want any guests, now it's the off season. So now is the time for me to start reaching out to, to a lot of these people and getting some people on. So let me know who you want to hear from. Let me know what you want to, you know, what you want to talk about, some content. Um, it's it's going to be the boring part, but it's the fun part of the year because this is the fun time where we get to make stuff up to talk about. So, like I said, though, I got my man Sterling. Hope you all enjoy it. I love you all. Take care of each other this week. Let's get this. It's a Jay Spence exclusive. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I already told y'all what was happening today. It's the new and improved Mr. and Mr. Take that, take that, take that. It's the new Mr. Mason Beth and the new P. Diddy. Let's get it. I got my man Sterles for the girls in the building with me. So as we proceed to give you what you need, what's going on, Sterles? Hey, you know, that's the intro, dog. I, I can't even I can't even come up with that, bro. That's uh, that's late right there. Dude, hey, I'm happy to see you, bro. How, how's life, dog? How you doing over there, man? I'm gonna be honest with you, man. It's, it's um, <laughs> I'm, I'm good now. Like, you know, last week I did a quick a real quick episode for the pod and I I ain't, I'm not even gonna lie, and I'm sorry, sorry everybody, sorry Matt, sorry. I mailed it in, dog. Like it was one of them episodes where I just I wasn't into it, so yeah. I kind of just like I literally sat there and rambled for like 30 minutes because I had to drop a pod, but I just my heart wasn't into it, man. I was so indifferent, and then even watching the game Sunday, it was like I, I just I just I couldn't do it. How you doing? Ah, right, man, I'm I'm alright over here. You know, it was watching the game on Sunday was like. uh I didn't have any vested interest. Like I just watched it. Like I didn't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was nice. That was real nice. I, I just didn't care. Like I don't care who wins. Yeah. No see, and that's, I guess that that is nice. That's a nice place to be in. But at the same time, it's like, I feel like we're in that place every year where we don't care because we're never invested in the playoffs. So like this year we were too close to it for me to, so like I cared on the hater tip. I, I can't even front. Like I was hating, <laughs> like I was hating hard. It was like, Especially because Kansas City got they, I said I'm gonna stop cussing on the air. I, I said that. So especially because Kansas City got they tails, like they got they behind smacked. So it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I know the Bills would have would have put up a better fight. I think the Bills could have beat them boys. I don't. I do. I do, and I'll tell you why. Go ahead. I tell you why. So the the type of defense that we play actually does match up very well with the type of offense that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have. Tom Brady is not a mobile quarterback. The quarterbacks that hurt the Buffalo Bills are the ones that tend to be able to extend plays. 
Now, Brady gets the ball out the quickest in the league right now, especially throughout the playoffs. I think he broke a record yesterday or, you know, Sunday for like the fastest release time and all that stuff. But the Bills are all about giving you that, yeah. that in between the 20s. They're all about that. And but when it gets it, when it gets down into that red zone, they clamp down and they make that thing real difficult for you. So honestly, I just I really think that that the Bills are, are were better built to go against the Bucks than they were the Chiefs. Now, the Bucks were better built to go against the Chiefs than the Bills were. Yeah, I, I mean, I can see that. I can see that. I, I just, I, man, I don't know, man. I, I think the Bills weren't ready for that buzzsaw. I mean, I, I think that the Bucks that a perfect game plan. That a perfect game plan against Mahomes. I mean, they only they had, they had an effective pass rush. That that was the game right there. And yeah. what what you know? And they had linebackers that can cover. And that it was a wrap. That that front seven, it was over. Well, prior to you coming on, I actually said, and sorry, my dog, if you guys on air hear all these squeaks and uh, barks or anything like that, my dogs are in here with me right now, and they're making it very uncomfortable for me because I hate sound being messed up. But they in here. But anyway, um, dude, I feel like the Bills had the same game plan. It's just that the Bucks had the actual personnel to run it. Yeah. And, and that's what I said at the early part. It's like, um, you know, when you look at, when you look at the game plan, the bills ran it's exactly the same, except we don't have the speed to cover those guys. And we don't have somebody who can legitimately get to the quarterback. We don't have that pass rush that the Bucks had. So, you know, it sounds like you're in agreement with that. How do yeah, you feel oh, about, yeah. you know, like so from here moving forward when you when you look at that and say that what changes do you feel like we need to make on the defensive side of the ball i mean getting a pass rush will be but would be great but you know defensive ends don't grow on trees and everybody's going to be like oh yeah well you got to you got to get defensive end like how are you going to do that I, I just don't see how you're going to do that i mean unless you go get yannick if he doesn't resign with baltimore right but i i think he's probably going to resign with baltimore so i, I think you got to you got to piece it together. I mean, you can't build it. You can't build the whole team in the off season, right? So, if you need to go get you a linebacker that can cover, you know, let go. You're gonna have to say goodbye to some people, like for real. The Bills are gonna have to say, "See you later." I mean, I think you can clear close to 20 million in cap space if you let go of, uh, you know, a couple of three D, D linemen, you know, like uh, Butler, Addison, and those guys. You know, Q Jeff, you you can get rid of those guys and save up to almost 20 million dollars in, in cap space. So you can divvy that up, and you can get two guys, or you can Go out, sell out, and get one pass rusher, right? If you want to mm-hmm. do that. Um, so I, I don't know, man. I think the Bills, they just need they need to let Tremaine Edmonds loose. Let him loose, man. They need to let my guy loose. Uh I, I think the the scheme is too vanilla. Our, our okay, I was just about to say, just clarify it real quick for me. Like I feel like I knew what you meant, but I know sometimes yeah. listeners might not know. So I just want you to clarify when you say let him loose, what do you mean? Just dude, let him attack. Like just let him, let him more a gap blitzes, more you know, line him up one on one against a tight end. Like just let that man go. You know what I'm saying? Let him free. Like I just man, think this game is too vanilla, bro. It's too vanilla. I've, I've I've I'm surprised because I find myself defending Tremaine Edmonds a lot. Yeah. And it, when I say this, I, I mean this as truthful as I as as I can be. I feel like the Buffalo Bills fan base is one of the smartest fan bases in the NFL, meaning like in a sense of like you have a, a large part of our fan base that like 
they know the players, they know the stats, they know their strengths and their weaknesses, and they know schemes, and they know, you know, like the the Bills fans are really engaged with the with the team. Yeah. So you know, I feel like we're smart, but there's a lot of us that are falling for like the, and I'm not gonna take shots or jabs, but like you know, the whoop-de-doo of the content creators that decide to say stuff like, hey, well, I think, I think, you know, Tremaine Edmonds needs to be moved to, like, an outside linebacker. Or I think, and I get it, it's going to sound bad. Whatever. I'm not taking jabs. What I'm saying is, if you know the game of football, you know why Tremaine Edmonds needs to remain the middle linebacker for this Buffalo Bills team. Yeah. He's taking undue, he's taking undue criticism right now. Like, people are looking at Devin White, and they're going, well, oh, yeah. I, I saw a couple of people today. Oh, yeah, Devin White's better than Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah, he's better, but Tremaine's only 22 years old. Like, the dude ain't even got his man body yet. Like, he's still learning He's still learning the position. Right. Like, it, I mean, Devin White is a great linebacker, right? Devontae David, I mean, they got two top ten linebackers on that team. Like, and they play yeah. off of each other. So, like, you can't just sit there and be like, well, you know, he's better. Well, he may be better, but Tremaine ain't no slouch either, man. Well, and and the thing is, too, and I I actually said this on Twitter. I'm like, you know, the thing is, 6'6", or 6'5", 250-pound guys who can run sideline to sideline don't grow on trees. And the thing is, you got to understand as well, he's 22 years old. So so the thing is, like, you got guys who are going to come into the league next year through the draft who are older than Tremaine Edmonds. Yep. So this guy has experience under his belt now and on the NFL level, and he's he's making plays that guys, you know, it, look, I get it. He he may he may have missed some here or there and he has some injuries. You gotta you gotta give my guy a break, man. You gotta yeah. give him a break. What do you yeah. think the team is gonna do with Matt Milano? I think you gotta let him go. I'm not, I think you don't have the luxury of having Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano. I mean, you you think about it, you're going to have to pay Matt Milano, what, $12 million a year? And that's a lot. That's a lot to be paying another another linebacker. And then you're going to have to give Josh Allen another contract. And then Tremaine Evans is going to come up the following year. So, look, that, I mean, I, I say let Matt go. Like, I need to see I need to see more from Matt Milano in terms of his, uh, his pass coverage ability. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you shouldn't have two stud linebackers like that and still be one of the worst teams in the NFL against – pass against the tight ends like that's not going to cut it you know maybe in part of that scheme and and so forth but i think they could do better i mean they may not do better initially but i think long term for for cap space and so forth i i I think he's a he's a luxury that you don't have to have i agree with you what do do you think about um speak because speaking of luxuries now the bills have been linked um in some reports and I, i do know like for instance pff um sometimes they'll they'll make suggestions and it will turn into a rumor out of a suggestion. And I think that's kind of what happened here where we've been linked to like Richard Sherman. And in my opinion, Richard Sherman signing would be a luxury and not a necessity. Do you think that we should try to retain the services of Levi Wallace? I believe he's a restricted free agent this year. Um, Should we try to retain his services, maybe run it back one time with Josh Norman? He tweeted out that he would like to run it back and, and try it again. Or do you think we should take that luxury and go out and, and, and get a guy like Richard Sherman? Or do, do we go through the draft? I think both. I think you have to uh, get, you know, I think it won't hurt to get like another fourth or fifth round cornerback draft pick. Kind of in the mold of, um, um, you know, uh, our nickel cornerback, Taron Johnson. 
right? You don't have to go high to get a cornerback. But, like, there's going to be guys like uh, Israel Mukwamu from South Carolina that's going to be, like, third or fourth round. You, get, you can swipe them. Uh, you know, Hamsa Nazrilladeen, you know, you can get him third round. But he's a, he's more of a safety linebacker hybrid, right? Um, these guys – there's, there's guys that are going to be there that's going to fit – what McDermott wants. And then you sign, you know, you can get you one in the draft and then you re-sign Levi Wallace. He, he He's not going to cost that much. Now, if you want to entertain Richard Sherman, great. Uh, how much is it going to cost? That's, that's my question. I think Richard Sherman would be great. He's limited athletically though. So I think you're, you're doing the same thing that you were doing, you know, this year with, with Levi Wallace and Josh Norman, right? Josh Norman didn't do enough for me. Uh, for for to warn another uh, position, a spot on the team this coming year, he just didn't. You know, he's a liability in coverage. Richard Sherman's an upgrade, but how much is that going to cost? That's that's my thing. If you can get him for like six to eight million, yeah, I say get Richard Sherman all day. I mean, he's at least going to give you another, a a good year or two of production. I mean, at least he has a nose for the ball. You know, he's going to um, get people in the right position. He's a leader. Uh, he's 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 solid, right? He's an upgrade over what we currently have, but I don't think you got to break the bank to bring yeah. somebody here. Well, so I haven't gotten started yet on, um, you know, my college film or college, you know, highlights and all that good stuff. So let me ask you, because I, what I'm doing, so right now where I'm at, I'm, I'm actually watching all 16 games of the season back for the Bills. And I am I have my own little, I'm trying something special. I told Bruce okay. I'm going to make him proud. So I'm, I have my own grading system to where oh. I'm trying to figure out for myself what, areas of need the team have in order of like importance so like where we need something the most so if it's you know do we need a defensive end or (laughs) is it really tight end play or is it really cornerback play so like i'm i I got this grading system that i'm trying to figure out I'm, i'm i feel pretty good with what i'm what i've come up with so far i'm through like i'm through game 11 so i feel like i have a good idea as to where i feel like we should go in the draft if we were to go need based okay random bean made it very clear that we draft best player available we're not going needs based so in your opinion let's let's do two things here one what's your draft need for the team and then a follow-up to that what's your draft crush like so it might not be what we need and it might not even be best player available when it comes down to like 30 for us. But who, if, if you could, with pick 30, who do you want? Oh, Travis Etienne. I mean, I was talking about this on yes. WCR last week. Yes. I, I, people hate that I, that I have this take, bro. You know, I've been on this for a while, but the Bills need a home run threat at running back. Man, that, that's yeah. just, that, I ain't even capping on it. That's just true. And, and, and people are like, well, you know, you, why don't you get an offensive lineman? Like, you can get an offensive lineman in the second round, bro. Like, it's not, you know, you, you can do both. You can, you can get Travis Etienne at 30. He is an X-Factor kind of player. Like, you just – those players don't grow on trees. If you have – I think there's, like, maybe five – no, four players in this draft that are skill position players that are, can't miss talent. So he's one of them. You, you just don't pass him up. You got to get him. Najee Harris is another one. I, I See, I, I like Najee Harris, um, but, man – ETN's dope, dude. <laughs> man, dude. I was watching some of it. Like, like I said, I haven't dug into film yet, but I got a chance to watch like a couple of the games that like were big games for him this year, and it was just like, bro, like this dude. He's 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 different level. He he doesn't quite obviously. He's not he's not CJ Spiller's speed. He's not that. 
but he has a gear that he gets into that is is like he just leaves boys behind, man. And the team, the Bills need that. We have that in the receiver with Stefan Diggs, but we need that out that backfield, man. So, but if you were going to go to need though, draft need, what would you say if going going into this draft, if you're Brandon Bean, what's that first round going to be for you? So that's a good question. Um, you know what? If I'm going to go based on need, based on what I think they're going to do, I think they're going to go uh, in the back end of the defense. I think I think they're going to go with a guy like. They could go linebacker with uh you know Cormor Wusu out of Notre Dame. They could go, they can get Hamsa, they could probably try to snag Hamsa in the first round. I mean, they could go, I mean, there's so many things that they can do. We just don't know what they're gonna do, right? We know we know being they do value linebackers because if you go back in Carolina, you kind of see what they were kind of putting together. They had a ton of linebackers, right? They they wanted to defend the linebacker position. But here's a dark horse thing that I think they could do. And if he's there, I don't think he will be. But a, a, t- a real tight end threat, somebody like Kyle Pitts, you know, would be great. I think he's going to go, you know, higher in the draft. But uh, Brevin Jordan, you know, a, a lot of uh, people we, people have been kind of forgetting about him. But he was he was right up there with Kyle Pitts uh, right before the season. He just played on Miami. They were they were decent, but they just didn't get a lot of the uh, hoopla that you know uh, Kyle Pitts did. But Brevin Jordan is a, is a dope talent. Uh, the Bills need tight end help. If you look at it last night, I mean. Tampa Bay user, you know, Gronkowski's old. He's old, right? He's not like what he used to be, and they use him to perfection. Like, Travis Kelsey is another reason why the Bills are sitting at home. Um, you got to have a, a, another threat at tight end, and you have to go based on your strengths. And so if your strength of your team is Josh Allen, then I think you need to get him every weapon that he needs. And you could build the offensive line in the free agency, right? You don't have to do it all in one offseason, but if there's a top-flight talent there on the offensive side of the ball that's a skill position player, I say take him. Kadarius Tony would be dope. Well, I gotta. He would be. He would be. But I have a, a question that, and and this is probably going to annoy you because it probably would annoy me if somebody was to ask me this on somebody else's show. It, what about the possibility of? And I know, like we always talk about these position changes, but what about like Duke switching to tight end? I think Duke would actually like. I think he has the build and the athleticism to kind of be like a Travis Kelsey at tight end. You know, he has the wide receiver type of ability. But he's big enough that he can block. He's strong enough that he can block. He does a great job, and he loves to block. He he likes to find work. What about something like that? Do you, do you see anything like that being a possibility? And kind of, I don't want to say go the cheap route, but <laughs> go home and and kind of you know throw. I'm throwing a bone out there for all of the Duke Williams fans. Well, I mean, I, I, my question is, what are we doing with Duke anyway? Like, what what are the what's the Bills' game plan? Like, the man just he's not ever active. Like. I think he's, he should have been a tight end, you know, a couple years ago. Like, he has – you're right. He does have the ability to, to pull that off. Um, I think he'd be a great tight end. I, I'm not saying, like, like great as in, like, he's going to – he's a Pro Bowl-type tight end, but I think he gives you more of an option than, like, Levi Croft and Sweeney, right? I think yeah. he – I think he, his potential is probably around there. Um, Dawson Knox is whatever. Like, we don't know what we're going to get from Dawson Knox from day to day, but – I think his best position is probably tight end. No cap. I mean, I've, and I'm not trying to, you know, because I hate when people, you know, try and force a position change on players. And I know you you remember I did the not bad for a running back and tight end when the Bills played against the Ravens because, yeah. you know, that was the narrative for Josh and Lamar Jackson. So I hate that. But I'm not trying to suggest this from a sense of, 
you know, a place of disrespect. It's more so about what I think the NFL is going to start to lean towards is the same thing that the NBA started to do about maybe four or five years ago. So the NBA started to lean towards more of a positionless team. I know you're going to go there. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, but I mean, and it's like, yeah, Duke is a wide receiver. Uh, so, but it's about having guys on the team or on the field with ability to do things. So Duke in the tight end position, he has the body to do it. But he also has that dog. He has that drive and that hunger that Josh loves. Why not put him out there in the mix of that? I mean, what is it going to look? I know he had a drop pass in the, in the playoff game. Okay. Knox has a drop pass twice a game. <laughs> like, so, so what are we, you know what I mean? Like, can we, can we at least try it? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's something to look at. And I think the bills are one of those teams that I don't think they mind a position change. I mean, I think they want to go with that positionless kind of ball. I mean, you look at, uh, I mean, I hate to bring it up all the time, but McDermott and the defense, what they did with Shaq Thompson, he was, a, he was a safety converted to a linebacker. You know, mm-hmm. they like guys with position flexibility. Look up, look what they do on the offensive line. You know what I'm saying? So um, I don't think that's far fetched. I mean, we had it, this was before being in McDermott, but we had Logan Thomas, right? Logan Thomas is balling in Washington now, but it took him time to develop. So I think yeah. Duke is what twenty seven years old. So I think it's one of those things of okay, how much do you want to invest in him? And I, my question is, and maybe you can answer this: Why is Duke Williams like? Is it between the ears why he doesn't get much play, or is it is it um, you know they just don't feel like he's competent enough in a, in, route, in a route running perspective, or is it a, is it a, a blocking thing, or is it all of the above? Like I just want to know what is the purpose and goal of, of Williams. I, I don't know. You know what? It, that's a great question. The thing is, though, I think honestly this year, I think it just came down to the fact that this team was so deep, like. It, the the talent level on the wide res- in the wide receiver room, you know, you got Stefan Diggs, John Brown, Isaiah McKenzie, you know, Andre Roberts. I know he didn't play much of the receiver role, but he's on the team. Yeah. Then then you're talking about Gabriel Davis. And then you got, you know, like you got so it's like before you can get to which is w- what my debate was as well about. And we can, I'm actually actually that next about Isaiah McKenzie, Andre Roberts debate. I've been actually like <laughs> having this debate. So, but you know, it's, it's like when you, when you, when you look at how deep this roster is and then you say, well, why is it, is it Duke? Is it between that? No, because last season the bills trusted him. He caught the game winning touchdown against the Titans. You know, he played in the, he was targeted the most in the playoff game. So, yeah. so I do think they trusted him and they would trust him. I just think that when you got Stefan Diggs, you don't need Duke Williams out there. But if Josh trusted him to throw it to him 50, 11 times, why not try him in this tight end role? Like get as many people that Josh is comfortable with on the field at the same time. Just, just, just let's just try it. Let's just try it. I mean, I th- I agree with you. And then, you know, it's funny is because you could throw in Isaiah Hodgins too. Isaiah Hodgins is a big wide receiver, right? I'm not yeah. saying, you know, I think he could probably pull it off too. And you got you could ask him to put on weight to where he could play that position. And he's got great hands already. Now, we, you know, as, as far as his route running concern, I mean, I, I'm sure, you know, I, honestly, I think he was a better route runner than Gabriel Davis coming out. Now, I don't know where they're at now. But from what I looked on film last year, just evaluating the talent, he's a better route runner than Gabriel Davis. And he has better hands. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like he's st- so again, we're talking about how deep this roster is, and we're like, yeah, is, is it in between? The, I don't I don't want to take anything away from Duke. I think Duke is a phenomenal talent that could make a roster on any. I don't want to say any team because there's some teams with some deep wide receiver rooms, but I think he could be a starter on you know seventy percent of the league's roster. I just think that the Buffalo Bills had probably top three wide receiver room in the NFL this yeah. year, which yeah. is a big step up from last year to year. And last year we looked mostly the same with the exception of our rookies and, and, you know, uh, Stefan Diggs. but from, from year, from two years ago to now it's it's amazing. Our offense yeah. was hungry, man. It was hungry. Yeah. I think we may have answered our own question because like, here, here we go. So like, why did they elevate Kumaro in the Denver game and not Duke Williams? Maybe it's because Kumaro has it more between the ears than Duke Williams does right now. But Duke Williams shows so much in practice that you go, damn, like he's got a lot of potential. Like, how do you just let that guy go? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's a good question. Like, okay. So here's my take on that, man. I'm a petty dude. I'm a real petty dude. (laughs) Why I feel like coach McDermott and, and Josh Allen and the boys wanted to do that just because they wanted to try and get Josh Allen that record. Like he he was trying to throw touchdowns to the most receivers for the year. He was like one receiver away. Seriously, I, I just in my mind, I feel like that's the reason why. Like, I, I think Duke got one early this year. And so Duke already got a touchdown. So now we'll leave you out, Duke. We got we got you for later on in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. And I, I really think they was trying to go for that. And I think we had the opportunity. And who was it that dropped it? It was like week 17. Like somebody, I can't even think of who it was, but they was in the end zone and, and uh, it had come to me whenever. But but yeah, it was like, I th- I, and I could be wrong. I just feel like Josh was being petty and he, they it's like, all right, we're going to bring this dude up with the with the dope hair. You know, he's, he got the Jesus hair. Uh, touchdown Jesus hair. Yeah, no, I, I mean, dude, they're competitors, man. Look. Petty is not a saw when you're competitors, right? Yeah. The Bills are playing. They, they, they were uh, that was their homecoming game. <laughs> the Broncos was a homecoming game. Let's be honest, right? They they really didn't even have to try. I mean, they were just smashing them, dog. They were straight smashing them. So yeah, I, I think that's a real thing, man. I, I don't know. I, I I really do think about like why do you continually have Duke Williams on the practice squad if you don't do anything with him? Like, what is the purpose? Man, um. I don't know. I'm hoping I'm hoping that we we have a role for him next year because I do think he's talented enough to make an impact. So I don't know. But 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 moving on real quick, because I, I don't want to keep you too long here. And I know we're already we're already getting to like a half. And no, we, uh, all do this. We, all we do. We do. <laughs> so but real quick, back to the Super Bowl for a hot second, because I, I uh, again, prior to having you on, I, I gave a quick little monologue about um, just a newfound appreciation for Tom Brady. And what I started to talk about was how I have friends and family from Boston who regret not being able to really appreciate Kobe Bryant until he was gone now, because, you know, as a, as a Celtics fan, you hate Kobe Bryant. And as a Bills fan, I hated Tom Brady's guts, like everything about this dude. I hated Tom Brady. The only thing about Tom Brady I didn't hate was his wife, because I just think she's phenomenally, like wonderfully, beautifully and wonderfully made. You dig? Like she's just she's dope. So, but now I can watch him without those emotions. How do you feel like watching Tom Brady do this? Like 
10 Super Bowl, like 10 Super Bowl appearance or 12, whatever it is. And then he's, he's won, what, seven Super Bowls? Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, how do you feel, man? So I, I'm going to be real honest with you, like, because I'm a Michigan fan. Tom Brady's a Michigan guy, right? Ah. So I've always, like, low-key in the closet loved Tom Brady. Not going to cap. Like, and, and then it's like the it's like the it's like the Jordan thing, like or, or even Kobe, like even though like you may not like them for the team they play on. But I think it's within us all to appreciate greatness. And you can't look at Tom Brady and not say he's not great because he is in every sense of the way. And now you can't not look at him and say, hey, I mean, I, I thought this was wrapped up for three Super Bowls ago, but you can't look at him and say he's not the best quarterback that that's ever lived like. He's the best quarterback to ever play. And it's not flashy, but what he does, like we talk about, it's it's in here. It's it's between the ears. Like he just straight, he's above you. Like he's just gonna outsmart you and and, and get it done. Yeah. Seven super you can't argue with that. Seven. And I also made the, the made the argument that um I'm not gonna be silly and say that like you know, Belichick wasn't or isn't great as well. Like the, the the difference was that Tom Brady had a team this year that was actually very good. Like they yeah. were a quarterback away. T- New England, no, they they the reason why Tom Brady left is because they weren't a quarterback away. So it was completely different. And and like I hate that I even saw that in the media already. Like oh, it's a case that Belichick wasn't. No, like come on, man. Like we got to chill with these narratives, man. But let me let me ask you this question too because I. I, I kind of hinted about it so uh, people have actually been saying like yo isaiah mckenzie is younger he has proven to be a phenomenal um playmaker in big moments we need to move on from andre roberts and next season just let isaiah mckenzie return punts and kicks and he can be a receiver because he does all of the, the fancy and fun things too what is your take on that do you really want my take on that? Because you probably not gonna like it. No, if I don't like it, that's fine. That's what we're all here for. I think you can let go Andre Roberts. I think you can let him go. I listen. I think that you know McKenzie does give you a little bit more balance. I mean, he's not going to be as great in the return game by far. No, like Andre Roberts is one of the best in the league. But how much how, how much value do we place on special teams, or how much value should you place on special teams? Because we know the Bills place a lot of a ton of value on it, but like. How many kicks did he return back? I mean, he got us in great position, but I mean, honestly, like, and I'll go back and say this: I think you can keep, you know, McKenzie, but you can go draft uh, Kadarius Tony and graduate uh, McKenzie into a, a real wide receiver role where he doesn't have to be doing all that gadget stuff. You can make him a receiver and a returner and save a and save a, a roster spot, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to re-sign Andre Roberts. I, I think he's great. But I don't think he's a luxury. I don't, I don't think he. You have to have him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's a fair. That's a fair argument to make. I, I guess. So what I see is like you have a guy that's made the Pro Bowl three consecutive years and two years for your team. Mm-hmm. You know he and he's done it at an extremely high level this year. Part of the reason why Josh Allen was so successful. I mean, yeah, he got Stephon Diggs. Yeah, he fixed some of the mechanics in his throwing motion. But a, a big part of it too is that. He his back was not against the wall for most parts of the season because we won the position, the field position game. Yeah. You know, we start the game off on our 35 or 40. If we don't get a first down, we punt it. They get the ball back on their 10 or five. Yeah. So it, it you know, it, it's easier for Josh Allen to, to score touchdowns than our whoever we're facing. So I think we really should. I think you're undervaluing 
special teams because Andre Roberts consistently, you know, I get it. He may have had a few here there where it was like, come on, man, that, you shouldn't have tried to run that one out. But I never get mad, man. Like he has so many where he's he's busted out to the 45 or even we starting off in the other team's, you know, territory. I, I think I think we're undervaluing, you know, I think he's it's, it's just amazing to me how much we undervalue how great he really is. Yeah, no, and you know what's funny though? It's like I think Andre Roberts is gonna be on this roster next year. And I know somebody who's not gonna go on this roster next year. And listen, I don't know if you remember this, but I got flamed for this in, in training camp or or you know, the pre before the season. Remember I remember I came out and I said, Hey, John Brown may not be on the roster. He may get traded this oh, year. He might not be on the, on the roster next year. You remember how many people were like, oh hell no, nah. he's you certainly you're crazy for that. Well, now everybody's like, well, oh, okay. So, like I say, like Isaiah McKenzie can graduate, right? And, and you can still keep Andre Roberts if you want to. I, like I said, I think he's a great return man. Here's but the I thing: think you can bring in somebody else too to to spell him every now and then. Here's the thing: if you want my honest, and this, so this is the honest take. I think we keep Andre Roberts, and I think we move on from from John Brown and Isaiah McKenzie. I really do. I think Hodgins, the guys that we mentioned earlier. He's one of the best route runners that was in last year's draft. He's one of the best catchers of the football. The guy is probably, he probably was on the same level as Gabriel Davis last season, but the injuries and obviously just the depth on the team didn't allow us to see it. So, So what I'm saying is you have another dynamic guy who we don't, when you're talking about Isaiah McKenzie, he was a luxury because of the gadget plays that we ran for him special teams is not a luxury if you win two out of the three phases of the game you normally will win the game so if your defense is giving up everything in between the 20s and your offense is playing well and your special teams is helping you win that position of or the field position game you're probably going to win the game yeah i don't think we're i don't think we're gonna um at least i would hope that that the that brandon bean and the team is smart enough to know hey it was a deep wide receiver class last year. We got two really good ones. We traded for a really great one. We have Beasley. We're going to move the ball with or without Isaiah McKenzie on offense. We're not going to get the luxury of starting on the 40-yard line if we get rid of Andre Robert. We're not just going to pick one off a tree. Yeah. And why? So, I mean, that's funny that you say that you were released on uh, Isaiah McKenzie because I know that's your guy. That's my guy. I love him. And so, I don't know if you to say that. Yeah, I love him. And and people think that. So when I when I say the, when I have these takes like this, people always think that I'm like one of those guys that's trying to be personal. No, like I love. If it was about personal, like I love Isaiah McKenzie. Like that's my dude. So like, there's no way I'm saying like move on from him. But if right, you're talking right, right. football, how much? He's he's our fourth or fifth, probably actually our fifth option on offense because you're going to Diggs first. You're going to Beasley. You're going to John Brown. You're going to Davis. You're probably going to to Moss and Motor before you get to Zeke. So you're really going to consider keeping your seventh or eighth option on offense over a guy that's a pro bowler three years in a row. Yeah. And I get that. And, and like some of the arguments, too, is like, well, you know, week 17 against Miami, he had a, he ran one back. And he listen, the Miami Dolphins were a deflated, defeated version of who they've been all season. When right. I, Isaiah McKenzie was dogging them boys all game. I could have went out there and scored two touchdowns. Like <laughs> They were defeated, bro. They were defeated. 
And why do you have to have McKenzie in that kind of role? Is because you didn't have anybody who could stretch the defense, uh, you know, sideline to sideline on the edges. That's why he has the role he has because the Bills don't have a, a, a running back that that has any foot speed. You get a running back. Do we yeah, really, and, and again, I love Isaiah McKenzie. I love uh, like let, I cannot I cannot stress this fact enough. I love Isaiah McKenzie. I know he was on your show. I mean, he he's a lovable guy. He's got a great story. Dude. University of Georgia. He's a Southern boy, you know, like myself. It's like how and he got such a, like his personality is so fly. Like he's just such a cool dude. Yeah. He is. And, and you know what's cool though? It's like he came up, he he was he, they got him from the Broncos or from the from the waiver wire when Josh yeah. was rookie. So, you know, there's already there's that rapport. They always make fun of little yep. dude, you know, because he's because he's, you know. He little guy, but uh, I, it might be time to move on. Bills fans don't like it when when, when people say yeah, it's time to move on. Well, from no, and, and then you also got to look at it too, like the contract that we had him on. Yeah, but he's not going to be on that contract now. Like Isaiah McKenzie has made big plays for a good team. Yep. He deserves money. He does. So do you? So do you want to give that money that he deserves to your seventh or eighth option? Or do you want to keep your guy that's gone to the Pro Bowl two years in a row for you? And you yeah. can't say it's a popularity contest for Buffalo players. When Buffalo players go to the Pro Bowl, it's not about popularity. Yeah, because they don't work. Yeah, because because people don't watch Buffalo. Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> they don't care. I'm proud of you for uh, like wanting to move on from uh, McKenzie and Roberts because I know you hi- you hold those guys in such high regard. And uh, it just goes to show, like, you know, the Bills are in a, in a position of their roster build that they've never seen before. And I think you have to do everything you can to give Josh Allen the most resources, the most ability to succeed and be more dynamic on the on the side of the ball. That's going to that's going to win you a Super Bowl. And that's the offense side of the ball. Yeah, man. And 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 for the record, because you just said. McKenzie and Roberts. I'm not saying move on from Roberts. I said McKenzie and Brown. Roberts is here to stay, man. Like you don't move on from your pro bowler, man. You just don't do it. But <laughs> but yo, it's 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 uh it's about to it's about to get real. So so listen, we gonna we gonna we gonna wrap this up, but before I do, I wanna I wanna prepare you. So I need you to prep. Okay. I'm about to make this a yearly thing because last year was my first year. Oh, and you're on you're officially the first guest on season two of Code okay. of Conduct. This okay. is dope. Like, you know what I, I mean? Should, so I this is, be. I'm on yeah, it. I'm on it is what it is. Like, this is how we this is how we get down. But so Joe last year, Joe and I did like our um season prediction, like once they released the schedule. Okay. So I think they already released our opponent, so we know who we're going to play. But once they release the schedule, I'm going to make it like an annual thing where, where I have an episode where we go through and, and like just break down the whole schedule, how we think it's going to turn out. We do our season predictions. This year, I want to have you part of that. So yeah. me, you, and Joe, we gonna, the three amigos, we're going to touch that down. Oh, yeah, let's do that all day. I'm totally down. Bet, bet. So real quick, why don't you let everybody know where they can find your work, man? Y'all been doing some. <laughs> why don't you let everybody know where they can find your work, man, over there at Cover One? Y'all been doing y'all thing for real. Yeah, man. So I'm a part of the Cover One Network. Uh, you know, my Twitter handle is Furrow Sterling. But, uh, you know, we're kind of trying to I mean, for and, and I'm part of the Hoof podcast. So as far as the Hoof goes, we're trying to do some a little bit different. We're going to start doing uh, more solo pods uh, for the podcast that, that airs on Fridays um, and kind of be more. Uh, 
thought-provoking, right? Our Tuesday night sh- live shows are more entertainment. You know, we kind of try to be a, a blend of balance and, and funny and wit and, and, and you know, analysis. But I, we want our Friday shows to kind of take more of a, a thought-provoking, like I'm in the car listening, like what are we going to do kind of thing. So, you know, we've been doing, a, you know, a series called what, you know, making the case. And so we're right now we're making the case for, for each position on offense or even on defense side of the ball that the Bills could take in the first or second round. So that's what we've been working on, man. So it has been really good. I was on WGR last week with uh, Howard and Jeremy, and that was dope. So I, I, was, I was feeling like a big boy right there. You know, I, I'm not I'm out on your status yet, bro, but, you know, no, I'm getting there. Man. No, man. <laughs> just don't forget me when you get – because you're already big time. But when you're there, for real, man, just don't forget. Just pull me along because I'm trying to get there too. I'm trying to ride the coattails, bro. So if I go, you go, you go, I go, and it's a pack hey. of deal, bro. Let's do this, man. <laughs> so, but yeah, check, make sure you check my man out over there at cover one, check out the whole cover one team. Um, you know, my man, Aaron is my guy. I got a special love from my man, Aaron Quinn, uh, Greg Thompson over there. My man, easy E Eric is the guy, but shout out to, to everybody over there at cover one. Um, y'all already know how it is with me, man. It's your boy, Jay Spence, the King. You can find me on Twitter at Jay Spence, the King, Dakota conduct, the show that you're listening to now, it drops Actually, now, Monday nights, I've been dropping it early on Monday nights instead of Tuesdays, but you're probably catching this on Tuesdays. Um, Hey, y'all just love each other. Keep living in peace. Y'all stay positive and test negative. And as always, go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills.